And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Welcome in to episode number six of the Iowa Caucus Project podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. It's hard to believe we're already on week number six of the show. With that, we have another awesome show lined up for you this week. Mike Glover will come in to be the featured interview, the longtime Iowa politics reporter. Uh, Additionally, Avery Vandenberg will be the featured member for the Meet the Member section of the show. And then finally, we will give you the calendar of events. So without further ado, here's my interview with Mike Glover. Welcome in, Mike Glover. Uh, Mike, thank you so much uh, for agreeing to sit down with me. Also, thank you to Professor uh, Glover Conferst in the J School for setting this up, your daughter. Thank you again for taking your time to to sit down here. I, I really appreciate it. I'm happy to do it. Thank you. Well, I'll read your bio here. Uh, It's a bit longer, but I think that it's important to tell everybody all the experiences that you've had uh, with Iowa and with with covering uh, the Iowa caucuses. Uh, Mike Glover spent 40 years covering politics as a journalist for newspapers in Illinois and Iowa, with most of his reporting career spent with the Associated Press. Mike has covered the Iowa caucuses as they've evolved from local partisan affairs to the all-important make-or-break events they are today. During uh, presidential election cycles, Mike has been part of the traveling press for the AP, covering candidates from Jesse Jackson to George W. Bush, including extensive stints covering Al Gore, John McCain, and John Kerry. Mike's work for the AP also includes extensive extensive coverage of the Iowa legislature and state politics, where he's seen the nature of the Iowa political scene change over the past several decades. He was also a regular panelist on Iowa public television series Iowa Press for 30 years, interviewing county officials and presidential candidates alike for a statewide audience. He was also moderated. He also moderated debates and hosted special election series. Mike is frequently called upon to offer insight and analysis about Iowa politics on national networks, including MSNBC, CNN, C-SPAN, and others. He's also a frequent speaker for professional organizations, civic groups, educational settings, and other venues. Mike retired from the AP in mid-2012 and has been working on a book about his career in politics. Mike has an undergraduate degree from Western Illinois University and a master's degree from Drake University. A native of Clinton, Illinois, Mike served a tour of duty in Vietnam in the Air Force prior to his time at Western Illinois. He lives with his wife, Betty, in Windsor Heights. Thank you so much, uh, again, for, for sitting down with me. So I first want to ask you, uh, Mr. Glover, about uh, your time covering the caucuses as a journal. Can you, a uh, journalist, can you kind of tell me about your first caucus cycle that you remember covering uh, for the AP? And, and who, what was the year? Who were the candidates? And, uh, and, and who were you working for? I was working uh, at the time. I was working for uh, the Fort Dodge Messenger. It was my first job in the business was in Fort Dodge. Uh, in, interestingly enough, uh, when I got out of college, there were no journalism jobs anywhere, and so I uh, saw an advertisement for a circulation manager at the Fort Dodge Messenger. So I went to interview to be a circulation manager, and about halfway through the interview, the general manager said, you don't really want this job, do you? And I explained to him, and I got hired as a uh, reporter for the Fort Dodge Messenger, and that was my first job in business. That would have been 1972. Uh, and so... Things. But well, I worked for Fort Dodge for three years and then moved to Bloomington, Illinois, where I worked uh, at the Bloomington Pantograph. Uh, and the, in, interestingly enough, the Pantograph was founded by Jesse Fell, who was Abraham Lincoln's law partner. And uh, he was a, fancied himself a Greek scholar, and panta means all and graph means right. So the name apparently meant to write all, but if you were 
spoke Greek, you wouldn't say it like that. So the standing joke was the newspaper was found on a grammatical error and went downhill from there. And then I uh, left there and came to the AP in Iowa. Awesome. And then when you when you kind of remember the caucuses, uh, who do you remember kind of first covering and kind of first being around and uh, th- that first cycle uh, that you remember being a part of uh, as, a, as a journalist? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the early cycles uh, in, included uh, candidates like uh, Jesse Jackson uh, was and was kind of a it was a difficult envision covering Jesse Jackson because he's an African-American and I was obviously a lily white state. But he had an ability uh, to walk into a room and own the room and uh, to bring a, a sort of charisma to, to the uh, race. And he was very, uh, very good with uh, Iowa caucus scores. Democratic caucus scores tend to be more liberal than uh, the Democrats as a whole. And he uh, had a strong appeal to them and, and was very exciting and brought a lot of uh, excitement to the race and probably – the biggest thing he did was drive up turnout because he brought some excitement and uh, to the race. And so he, a lot of people began paying attention because here was the first time an African-American was actually a serious candidate for president. Uh, and it brought a, a sense of excitement to the race. And so that drove up turnout and made it a, a very interesting race. Can you kind of tie that experience with Jesse Jackson and kind of relate that to what we saw with President Barack Obama in 2008? Do you think that there are any parallels between the stories of those two candidates? Uh, One parallel. The first time I met Barack Obama, and I recall it quite well, it was in Sioux City at the uh, Holiday Inn, the terrible one downtown, not the nice one out in the suburbs. But uh, And I had arranged to have an interview with him, and it was the first time I'd met him. And he walked in the room, and within about two minutes, it hit me, there's something here. This, this guy has something. Uh, I don't know if you've ever experienced that. When someone walks into a room and they own the room, and they have a, a presence about them, Barack Obama had that presence. And you, you st- stop and think about that. Here is an African-American named Barack Hussein Obama campaigning in Iowa, which is overwhelmingly lily white. And yet he managed to build that connection just simply because he had the raw. There's something in, 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 in politics I often compare it to baseball. If In baseball, if you've got a good fastball and a good curveball, you're a good pitcher. In politics, if you've got that charisma, you're a good politician. He had it. And it, it became apparent within two minutes of him walking in the room. So kind of go through, we, we talked about President Barack Obama, and he did such a good job organizing Iowa, and that's one of the reasons he won the caucuses. Mm-hmm. When you think back on your experience, are there any candidates that really stand out as this candidate gets Iowa? They get the Iowa caucuses, and they get the people that live in Iowa? Or alternatively, can you think of a candidate that really didn't get the state and probably underperformed what they should have in Iowa? Mm-hmm. Well, first, Barack Obama was would be my uh, lodestar uh, of someone who understood Iowa, uh, understood what you have to do uh, to perform in Iowa, and understood. You got to f- remember, he came in this African American from Chicago, couldn't possibly do well in Iowa, and he he understood that from the beginning, and understood that to perform in Iowa, he was going to have to build an organization, and people um, misinterpret his performance here. It was all mechanics. He, he built a solid organization uh, in every county, uh, 
all over the state. And so that was the key to his success. And, and uh, Al Gore, on the other hand, is someone who came in with huge name ID, understood, you know, everybody knew him. He'd been a former vice president. He was, had all the name ID in the world, but didn't build much of an organization and didn't do very well because of that. And he, he thought his name would carry him through, and that never happens in Iowa caucus politics. You have to actually, uh, it, it's one of the old jokes about Iowa politics is caucus goers uh, don't make up their mind about a candidate until they've met him at least three times. Uh, and that's actually pretty close to reality. Uh, they have to actually meet, see, talk to, question uh, candidates before they can make a decision about who they're in caucus for. And... Uh, Al Gore didn't really understood that. He he never he thought that his status, his name would carry him through, and it, that, that doesn't work in Iowa caucus politics. So thinking back to those caucuses where you were covering Jesse Jackson, and then up until 2012, obviously a lot changed uh, in the caucuses in, the, in that time. Can you kind of talk about that change? What did you really observe throughout the years in terms of uh, this grassroots kind of thing turning into this huge nationwide uh, political event? Uh, the media. The media changed it. Uh, I, I can recall going to caucuses where uh, uh, I would, first of all, I've rarely went to caucuses. I would usually sit in the bureau downtown and take results. But uh, the, you, caucuses were a local neighborhood event. Now, if you go to a caucus, let's say in Des Moines, because it's the media center of the state, uh, if, you, if you go to a caucus in Des Moines, you'll find, you know, six television cameras and reporters from 12 different organizations there, and it's a media event. It never had been a media event until about, oh, I guess 10 years ago. And then it started to gradually transform to what it is today, which is a total media event. Uh, and that's and, and, and actually what that's done is it's increased the influence of the Iowa caucuses because it's the first test and the whole national media, international media really, is paying attention to it. And so uh, a victory or a surprising strong showing can propel you uh, into New Hampshire. Uh, I, I recall one of the things that we used to do in covering the Iowa caucuses. We'd cover the Iowa caucuses until about midnight and file our stories and all that. And about 3 o'clock in the morning, you'd get on a plane to where? New Hampshire. And the Iowa caucuses has an enormous impact on what happens in New Hampshire, uh, plus and minus. Sometimes New Hampshire decides they don't like the results of the Iowa caucuses and they're going to go out of their way to reverse them. But it, it, it's an interesting and, I think, very healthy way to start a presidential politics uh, presidential campaign because candidates actually have to go out and meet people. They have to talk to people. They have to impress people uh, in in person. Uh, and that, that, that doesn't happen much after Iowa, New Hampshire. Uh, after Iowa, New Hampshire, it's basically a media show where candidates don't really interact with pe real people all that often. Uh, in Iowa, uh, a candidate has got to walk into a room with maybe 10 people in the room and impress them. And bring some kind of a character to that room. And after Iowa, New Hampshire, that really doesn't happen anywhere. And so that's why Iowa, I think, I, selfishly, I've been a defender of the Iowa caucuses and their role in it because that's, that's one place where candidates have to uh, actually in, interact with real people and answer real questions and 
uh, prove themselves over and over. And that's uh, an important role in a, in a campaign. And you kind of segue into my next question, which is at the Iowa Caucus Project, we kind of like to tell stories that are essentially only in Iowa. Mm -hmm. Only in Iowa do you get to have these experiences. Can you kind of talk about some of your favorite memories uh, that you got from the caucuses that are only in Iowa's uh, memories, Uh, some stories that you have about candidates that you interacted with or something that you saw on the campaign trail that you thought this is, is really uniquely Iowan? Oh, there are endless numbers of them. Uh, I, I recall uh, Al Gore, actually, uh, showing up uh, at an event that I was, I was at the event he was going to be at, and he showed up with a cup of coffee for me. Uh, and I don't know very many places where a presidential candidate would bring a cup of coffee for a reporter. <laughs> but uh, that, that happens, and uh, it's just... Uh, I don't know how well you get actually get to know people, but to the extent you can get to know someone, you can get to know them in Iowa because you're literally with them. Uh, I, re- I recall, again, with Al Gore, riding in a car from Sioux City to Des Moines, which is a pretty long ride, uh, and sitting in the back seat with Al Gore, and I had already written my story, and it was just talking, two people talking. And How often do you just have a conversation with the guy running for president? Uh, and in Iowa, that happens. Absolutely. And then finally, uh, when you look forward to 2020, we kind of talked before uh, recording, but what do you think it's going to take for a candidate? What, if you were advising a, a 2020 candidate on how to win Iowa right now, um, how, what would you tell them? Uh, what advice would you give them? And uh, what would you tell them to, to really focus in on in their, in their campaign? Be here. Be here a lot. Uh, build an organization. Uh, begin making contacts with local activists. If we're talking about Democrats, begin making uh, contacts with Democratic activists all over the state uh, and at least build a relationship with them. Uh, uh, It's often said in Iowa, you don't endorse a candidate until you've met them at least three times. Uh, So don't don't expect to walk in and introduce yourself to somebody and say, okay, I'm going to support you. But uh, begin building a relationship because Politics in Iowa is all about building relationships, uh, and uh, the candidate who can build those relationships uh, successfully is going to be successful. Barack Obama, I'll keep going back to him, uh, was a candidate who you would not on the surface expect to have any kind of a connection with Iowa, African-American from Chicago, all that, uh, and yet when he came to be a person-on-person, one-to-one, he was very good at that. Very good. Uh, he could walk into a room and build connections with people, build relationships with people on a one-to-one basis, and he understood that it's a long process, and you do it one voter at a time. He understood that very well and executed it very successfully. Thank you so much again, Mr. Glover, for sitting down and talking to me. I really, really appreciate your time, and I thank you so much uh, for sitting down. Happy to do it. Thank you. now time for the meet the member section of the show and this week avery vandenberg steps in avery thank you so much for agreeing to sit down with me i really appreciate it of course i'm a big fan well avery kind of talk to us about your where you come from kind of the, the basic uh, college introduction <laughs> name hometown major um okay so i am 20 years old i'm from springfield missouri um southern southern part of missouri i didn't realize i was from the south until i moved to iowa Um, I have three majors. I study strategic political communication, politics, and Spanish here at Drake. 
And within the Iowa Caucus Project podcast, can you kind of talk about uh, the work that you do uh, for for Iowa Caucus Project? Yeah. So I'm the social media manager. So um, that includes a lot of content uploads. Um, we do any kind of targeted promotions. So um, making sure that students at Drake and people in the Des Moines and Iowa area know what we're doing, um, make sure they're informed. If we have an event, make sure they know where it is, who's coming, <laughs> what's it, what it's about. Um, and just getting to highlight the really cool stuff that you guys have been doing. So anything that we see on Facebook or Twitter, that's you. Or Instagram, <laughs> that's you, correct? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Twitter, it might be Renal, but it's almost always me. <laughs> and Avery obviously played an instrumental role in getting the project, the, the podcast, the Iowa Caucus Project <laughs> podcast on Spotify. So really appreciate that. But Avery, what, what, what kind of made you interested in being a part of this group, being a part of the Iowa Caucus Project? Uh, what do you kind of bring from past experience that's, that, that, that made you want to be a part of this group? Um, so I've always kind of been interested in social media. Um, I did social media for a county campaign um, when I was, I think, 17. That was two summers ago now. Um, I think it's social media is so integral to any kind of political campaign, any successful political campaign. Um, and so I was always interested in it from that aspect. Um, and when I heard this was group was starting up, um, I just wanted to bring my experiences to the table because I just thought it'd be fun. And you already said that you're not from Iowa. You're from, yeah. as you called it, the South, Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> uh, talk, <Deceptively>. about, <laughs> talk about how moving to Iowa um, has changed the way that you view the state and, and the people within Iowa. Oh, I, my perception of Iowa has incredibly changed. I moved here um, in, it was right before the 2018 midterms. Um, and that was the first time I realized, like, I walked into a coffee shop and Bernie Sanders was just there. Um, and that's when I realized, oh, okay, Iowa's very different <laughs> from a primary state. Like, there's something very special and unique about this state. Um, it was, it's a crazy experience. My freshman year, I just got to sit back. I wasn't doing anything in particular, so I just got to sit back and go meet candidates. My I, my first week or my second week of being on campus, John Delaney came and spoke um, on Palm Stage. And I had never heard of John Delaney, but I went um, and I saw him. He gave this incredible like TED Talk style kind of performance almost. It was it was very, it was like complete lecture. There was no like, integration with the audience. It was just him talking for about an hour and a half. Um, and that's like I left that event being like, OK, this is Iowa, I guess. Like, this is what it is. It's completely different. I had never met a presidential candidate before I moved to Iowa. And kind of talking about that, what, what as you've gone uh, and, and worked for the Iowa Caucus Project, what have you been most excited about? Obviously, you're a member of the comms team mm -hmm. uh, within the Iowa Caucus Project. Pod, uh, within the Iowa Caucus Project, mm -hmm. uh, what are you most excited about that you've already done, or what are you really excited about that we're going to do in the future? Um, well, my colleague Adam Cook has been doing these really incredible interviews with candidates. Um, in our Marianne Williamson interview, um, I actually got to sit down. Adam did. Adam arranged the whole thing. Full credit to Adam. Um, and I just kind of sat down and then read the questions that we prepared together. So I, I was just the face of the whole thing. Like, he did all of the work. Um, but that's about to go up online. So go check that out because it's really cool. Um, that's just another crazy Iowa thing. Like, you get to interview presidential candidates. Um, and it was just this incredible experience. Like the whole thing came together in maybe two, one and a half days. Like we had no idea this was happening at the beginning of the week. 
And and you're kind of the in-house uh, Marianne Williamson uh, expert <laughs> within the Iowa caucus project. Talk to us about how you got connected to her campaign and uh, kind of the way that you went from uh, just reaching out with a couple questions <laughs> to interviewing Marianne Williamson. It was a crazy story. So um, I had gotten her some uh, Juliet Her- Juliet Hermosco is I think the Iowa field director for Marianne Williamson, um, and so I had gotten her Facebook um, page from her Facebook profile from Tanner Halloran, another staffer on the Iowa Caucus Project. Um, I messaged her on Facebook. Um, I was like, I have a couple questions about her campaign. Like, would you be willing to sit down with me or do a phone interview? Um, I know you're probably really busy just whenever you have time. And within a couple hours, she responded and was like, absolutely, yes. Like, call me at this number. I have to put my kids to bed. But like after that, absolutely. So I FaceTimed her for about an hour, like on just a Wednesday evening. I was on my dorm bed in my pajamas just like talking to her um we had a great conversation um and then i wrote a piece for our blog section of the iowa caucus website uh, iowa caucus project website um that went up and i sent it to her uh, and she had a really positive reaction to it and then she started talking to me about maybe oh let's bring marion williamson to campus um so just kind of snowballed from there (laughs) like so i gave her uh the information she needed to reserve a room and all of that stuff Uh, and then it just all kind of came together like the next monday she was like oh i'm coming um and that was really cool experience because there was such great turnout. There were, I think, upwards of 150 people there. Palm stage was full. It was, which was really good because it would have made me nervous if there was no one there. But there was a great turnout. Like Drake students were really interested in seeing her. Well, Avery, uh, then finally, I, I would assume that that's probably at the top of your list for favorite caucus memory so far. Probably, would probably yeah. be something involving <laughs> Marianne Williamson. Uh, with that, though, Avery, how can we uh, find you on Twitter, Instagram? Uh, where can we follow you to see uh, all the great stuff that you're doing, as well as the Iowa Caucus Project? Um, so my personal uh, uh, social media handles are at AveryVDB. My last name is Vandenberg. Um, so follow me on Twitter, I guess. Uh, but really, you should follow the Iowa Caucus Project social media platforms. Um, Twitter and Instagram are at IA Caucus Project, short for Iowa. And Facebook is just you Google Iowa Caucus Project. And we've got really cool stuff on there. So go check it out. Thank you so much, Avery. Yeah, no problem. That was Avery Vandenberg for the Meet the Member section of the show. Coming up next, the calendar of events. Now let's take a look at the calendar of events for the upcoming week. I'm going to tell you when and where the candidates are going to be around the Des Moines area. First up on Friday, October 18th at 9 a.m., Julian Castro will be at Creative Visions in Des Moines for a racial profiling roundtable. On Sunday, uh, October 20th, Elizabeth Warren has a couple different events in the Des Moines area. First up at 1:40, at doors open at 1 or 12:15 p.m. Excuse me for her 1:45 town hall at Simpson College uh, in Indianola, Iowa. That's at the Principal Black Box Theater on Simpson campus. However, if you're a Drake student, you'd probably want to check her out at the Drake University event on Sunday, October 20th. Doors open at 5 p.m. Uh, that's going to take place at the Drake University Fieldhouse for Elizabeth Warren. Also on Sunday, October 20th, Amy Klobuchar is going to be in Newton, Iowa at Lemon Tree Tea House and Restaurant for her Jasper County meet and greet. 
And then finally on Thursday, October 24th at 7 p.m., uh, that Amy Klobuchar's event is at 2.30 p.m. On Thursday, October 24th from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Iowa Events Center, there's going to be a Latino Town Hall sponsored by LULAC and Newsmax TV that will feature Julian Castro, Beto O'Rourke, Bernie Sanders, and Tulsi Gabbard. That is the schedule of events for the upcoming week. And with that, we have reached a conclusion to episode number six of the Iowa Caucus Project podcast. Thank you, as always, so much for listening, and I will see you next week.